This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shouldn't you be at work? Oh, here's Gascoigne. Gascoigne, he can finish it here! Gascoigne! 2-0! Lampard! Brilliant! It was in, no! That surely crossed the line! Oh! Oh. It's so far in! Thanks very much, Seth Latter. Clean sheet, I call it, is is one of the most important things in in football. Nice to see the whole fans booing you! Could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar. Gerard, it's Carroll. What a goal by the England striker. That's why he was brought in, and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! England on the brink! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, and he has to. No. Hello and welcome to this special preview sample edition of Quickly Kevin Will He Score. This is a little sample from our Patreon special which came out today and is available for XJ8 members over on patreon.com forward slash quickly Kevin. We're doing these specials on Wednesday and Friday as well as the episode in full you get on Mondays on the main feed. But anyway, without further ado, here's that little sample from today's Patreon special. So here we are. England versus Germany in the knockout stages of a European Championship at Wembley. What could go wrong? (laughs) Someone quickly chopped Thomas Muller's head off. (laughs) How are we feeling? Sick. Sick with nerves already. Do you know what's good about that? I'm really pleased with the seven-day break between games. Oh, I'm not. Do you know what I mean? I'm quite liking it. It feels quite Euro 96. I need the distraction. The the thoughts and the variations of what could and will happen is just consuming me increasingly hour by hour, day by day, because you don't want to look beyond Germany because that's foolish. But you can't not look and go, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Do you know how we were talking about how we've got shafted on the draw? We haven't. (laughs) The two sides of the draw are 
phenomenally weighted. On one side, you've got France, Belgium, Italy, and Portugal. And on the other, you've got England, Germany, Holland, Sweden, Wales, and Denmark. Yeah, it's kind of mad that you've got the current holders, the favourites, the number one team in the world, and I'd say on form, the best in the tournament in Italy, all on one side of the draw. Yeah, all on one side of the draw. Yeah. So what I would say is every fibre in my being who's lived for 38 years knows that we're going to lose. Because because we always do. Right? That said. That said, I'm sure, you know, you can only believe that sometimes things change. Right? And is daring to dream during these tournaments not the fun of it? It's like getting lost in a holiday romance that you know is bad for you do you know what i mean that's only going to end in tears is that is not part of the thrill throwing yourself into the romance throwing yourself into the kind of self-destructive dreaming yeah otherwise what's the point otherwise what literally what is the point if you can't believe you might as well just not follow international football because it's just every element of it is joyless otherwise yeah i genuinely think we're going to beat germany i think like i wanted to get germany we've got germany i think i think we're going to beat them let's say it they're looking beatable yes i've I've said it i've said it we were chatting during the game and at one point it looked like we could have germany or portugal and i think we all agreed we would rather have germany than portugal yes definitely portugal look dangerous look relatively although they're conceding shed loads of goals they look bizarrely quite sturdy they've got loads of good players portugal and lots of players who could imagine doing us over yeah Yeah. i mean ronaldo as all it just feels like he's got our number historically that's the one um, whereas the Germans haven't got our number start. Um But I think, you know, you, you always look for what is going to, because the Germans could easily just turn it on and beat England, but and I'm sure they will. But they look closer to the fragility of 2018. Do you know what I mean? It feels like they're a kind of busted flush flying by the seat of their pants slightly. And often those teams... You know, France, when they got to the final under Raymond Dominic, and they were very much like that, that can work. But they're fragile, I'd say. I think that's fair, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, sort, of, I sort of see them as a kind of an old prized heavyweight boxer who yeah. is in the twilight of his career. It can still hurt you. They've still got an uppercut that can put you down. However, I think we're younger, we're quicker. If we box smart, I think we can take them down. And like once Germany are gone, that's it. We're in the final. Well, let me say this. Because I think that's what's interesting about it. If we lose to Germany, the, the whole tournament will be considered by many to have been a failure for England. Yeah. If we beat Germany, we then play Sweden for a semi-final. Or the, with, or the Ukraine. Or the Ukraine. Sweden or the Ukraine for a probable semi-final with Holland or Wales or Denmark or whoever Holland are playing the second round. The Czech Republic. Um, Czech Republic. Either way, if we beat Germany, the country will suddenly just come alive with oh, excitement i know it will be like nothing you've ever experienced since 1996 far more than far more than 2018 and yeah the potential will be there i've never known a game because you, you can talk about a semi-final but euro 96 the semi-final 2018 1996 1990 it still felt when we lost that like we'd had a great summer i've never known a game where it seems like the results point to two such differing interpretations of a tournament this could be the most the biggest game in terms of impact 
since 1966 for the England football team. It's, yeah. it's hard to see how even a heroic defeat in this one game could save the summer. Yeah. Because it has been quite turgid up until this point. It hasn't really, it hasn't felt like an international tournament somewhere as an England fan up until this point. But a, a defeat, no matter how brave that performance is, I still think South, Southgate's under pressure to leave. But a, a win, suddenly, I think we'd all look back very fondly on these last few weeks as the, the seed was there of a really good team. It, it, you're right. It is completely down to next Tuesday night at 5pm. That is going to define the summer. Yeah, this Germany game reminds me of the round on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire just before you answer the question that gives you that safety net, that guaranteed amount. Yeah, it's it's the (laughs) £16,000 round or the 30 Great analogy. If we get through this, then we're sort of, we're safe, we're we're free rolling. But if we don't, the drop-off is absolutely huge. The disappointment is, is crushing. And I love that the stakes are so high. I love that we're playing Germany at this stage because I feel like this is our best chance to beat them not just in terms of who they are and their team and their players but also at the stage in the tournament like you want to play them when they're coming out of a group stage having just got through that hungry game is going to take in a lot out of them they've got less time like they've got less rest time all of these things matters it's all about fine margins I, th- I think it's the best time in our lifetime to play germany in a major tournament well let can i michael can i pose for you a sixteen thousand pound question uh who wants to be a millionaire style yep yes in what decade did England last beat Germany or West Germany at Wembley? 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties. I mean, the fact that you've asked it is going to make me say 70s. You've got £32,000. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right then, I'd, I'd, I'd shake your hand and then show you the cheque like Chris Tarrant did. <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson. Um, 2021 score. We're doing our topical ones. So you've got to say Jeremy Clarkson. Um <laughs> It's super exciting. At the end of the day, you can there'll be lots of talk about tactics and all this kind of stuff. And afterwards, everyone will be wise after the event in the same way that everyone that thought we'd beat Croatia suddenly said we were never going to defeat Luka Modric's midfield. Do you know what I mean? And it'll all be like, afterwards, it'll be like, well, of course, our defence couldn't deal with Thomas Muller and Kai Havertz and blah, blah, blah. But I don't find myself, if it was England v France... The things I'd be saying would stuff be stuff like, well, you never know if these things can happen. But to me, it feels like a pretty toss of a coin game, really. I think that I think it'd be fair to say it could go either way. Do, do, the weird thing I was thinking last night is I felt like this team, there's so much Euro 96 chat, so much pressure on that England-Scotland game at Wembley there was so much you know so many people looking back to what fantastic day it was in Euro 96 and there was so much pressure on the team to do something similar against Scotland at Wembley isn't this Germany game it's even more charged there's even more pressure on this it's a knockout after all there is no safety net here and if we couldn't cope with the pressure against Scotland how is this team mentally ready to cope with the pressure that's going to come and all those callbacks it's a completely different game. I think the problem with the Scotland game was actually not about pressure. It was about um, just a team that is very well organised and does a very good job of playing five at the back and being very solid and us being unable to break them down. And I think from watching Germany against Portugal and Hungary, I wouldn't say that's what they're dealing with. They are <laughs> like, they are all over the shop. They're brilliant at scoring goals and they are very dodgy at the back. And they're sometimes brilliant for 20 minutes and sometimes awful for 20 minutes. It's just, I, 
I don't know what more there is to say, really, except it's very exciting and I can't wait. Well, we, could we just maybe, I thought, could we just rattle through some of the previous England-Germany games in tournaments? So if we go back to 2010. Yeah, that was awful. 4-1, the Frank Lampard goal. What was our memories of that? I was in a pub. I uh, I was doing a gig in the evening in Brighton. I, In a way, it just didn't feel... I'd signed out of that World Cup in a way. Do you know what I mean? It, it didn't. I wasn't watching that in a way that I'd now be watching a game. I think that period of my life as well was probably the least I was into football. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the period between the 90s and now. Certainly the least I was into international football. Because I think also 2006 had been such a big thing in my life that I thought it was going to be brilliant. And then we England weren't. That 2010 always felt a bit like the hangover. Yeah. Do you know what? I watched the highlights of that 2010 game. It's actually way... Because the score's 4-1, you kind of forget that it's actually quite a close game. We went 2-0 down and then it was 2-1 when Lampard gets the ghost goal. Yeah. Is that how you remember it, Michael? Do you remember it being a close game? Yeah, I mean, I remember they were the better side, but that goal... I mean, my, my biggest feeling and take home from that, you know, a decade or so later, is just a real raw sense of injustice. Had that goal counted, the swing of the game was already starting to change and if that goes in I think the momentum of that carries us over into the second half and we probably win that game Lampard brilliant it was in now that surely crossed the line oh Oh. it's It's so far in thanks very much set Lampard although it makes it worse that that goal wasn't allowed I'm sort of like, oh, whatever. We were always going to lose to Germany, and it doesn't feel like that now. Like, it doesn't feel like it. I, I'm, I'm pinning my flag to this mask and saying, we are going to beat Germany. Oh, oh God. God, yes. Can I ask a question? If we beat Germany, so we get to the quarters, yeah, right, possibly the semis, possibly the final. I, I don't think we'll possibly win it. Um, do you think that were that to happen, we're now living through the greatest glory period of English international football. Well, I think if we got to the final, you'd have to say since 66. But if we got two semis in the space of three years, but we're so far ahead of ourselves, why am I doing this? Stop what are you talking doing about this? Is- what? Because I enjoy it. That's the thing. I-, <laughs> I love I love to torture myself. That's the best bit, is torturing yourself about what could happen, daring to dream and then being disappointed. Imagine getting to the end of this tournament and not having spent the week before the Germany game, dreaming of what might happen, but instead <laughs> spent the whole time worrying Worry. about turgage against <laughs> Scotland. Yeah. Why, why would you do that to yourself? Live this week. Live this week of absolute excitement, fear, and tiny kernel of knowledge that it'll all go wrong. And live that, <laughs> because that is what supporting England always has been and always will be at a major tournament and i 100 percent subscribe to that newsletter i i am i am more stirred by that speech than henry v <laughs> i wholeheartedly concur like that's exactly what international football especially as an england fan should be exist in that dream wrap yourself in that bubble of hope and optimism and then watch it come crashing down like what, what a glorious place to be i don't want to sit here all pragmatic like well yeah historically of course we won't beat the germans or we'll get to there and we'll lose to the dutch no 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 what is the point of being an international football fan if you can't look at it and go 
yeah, we could do this. Yeah, do you know yeah. what? We are going to do this. Because I guarantee you those Portugal fans five years ago weren't there going, oh, God, oh, God. They, they believed. They embraced it. And I think it makes it all the more sweeter if it happens. Otherwise, you might as well go into like every relationship that you go into going, yeah. well, they're just going to break up with me. This is going to end badly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get divorced. Like, dust yourself heart, off, yeah. Pick yourself up, get back in the ring and fucking rip open your chest and say, England, my heart is yours. Do with it as you please. <laughs> does such strange things to you doesn't it because i was thinking like is there, i feel like a bit like this is christmas eve but it's not like you're not waking up on like christmas day and it's going to be all you're you're kind of like i guess you're like oj simpson waiting to find out the verdict aren't you <laughs> it's kind of like there's trepidation and excitement but it could all be terrible it could be terrible and it could be brilliant and i guess that's why we love football and sport. i'm gonna tell you this now chris if england lose the fact that you've been down on the team throughout the tournament won't make you feel any better. Exactly. I think it's, not- emotion- it's emotionally hedging yourself, isn't it, though? You're putting yourself in the... You're getting ready for disappointment by expressing disappointment. I don't know. But I, nothing... I mean, I'm so excited. I'd love us to win so much. I don't know. When you've had your heart broken so many times, there's only so much you can take. How we feel and what we think has zero impact on the outcome of the result. But it's nice to look back and in hindsight, when you reflect on it weeks, months, years from now and go, well, I did everything I could. I I believed. I don't ever want to look back and think there was a collective kind of consciousness of people doubting. And if there is any such a thing as karma or energy in the world, it's like every vote counts. Don't let your piece of negativity be the thing that tips the cosmic balance against England. Yes. I want everyone. I'm going to be Yuri Geller. I want everyone come five o'clock on Tuesday. I want you to believe that England are going to win because we're going to do it. I tell you who we need. We need Yuri. We need him on side. Yuri. Any help he can get. <laughs> it's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. I think that really sums up the mental state. If ever a podcast has mapped people's mental states over time, I really feel like today's episode, in comparison with the post-Scotland episode, does. Now, we had an email in last week, didn't we? Uh, Which was about how much better the Euros would be if, for the second round, rather than all this B2 plays the third place from A3 or whatever, all the team managers were put in a room in a circle and the one that had finished with most points and the best goal difference picks their opponents first until you've got the eight fixtures. And we thought this is a brilliant idea for a number of reasons, which you can uh, find out on Wednesday. On the last podcast we did, we discussed this. But we said 
once we'd got the 16 teams, we would then play out the draw as we think it would have gone. And we would see what the fixtures were. So we're going to do that now. Um, Chris and Michael, do you want do you want to take it in turns to be the manager of the team that I announce? Yeah. Yeah? And we should say, so we've the way we've mapped it out is, uh, as Josh said, it's points first. Uh, you get first. And then if you've got the same amount of points, it's goal difference. And if two teams have got, or two or more teams have got the same points and goal difference, it's then the number of goals that they scored in the group stages to encourage attacking football. Yes. So the the teams in order would be Italy, Netherlands, Belgium, Sweden, England, Spain, France, Portugal, Germany, Croatia, Czech Republic, Wales, Switzerland, Denmark, Ukraine. So, Chris? Yes. Well, let's start with you, Michael. You'd be Roberto Mancini. Who would you like to pick? Um, well, I think two choices here for me, if I'm Mancini. It's either Ukraine as yeah. the the weakest team overall in the group yeah. stages lucky to get through three points goal difference of minus one however because we've played them in the group stages and we comfortably beat them three nil i'm gonna pick switzerland great choice play them again we play them again we know them i think they're fortunate to be there and i think across the board uh, not just in terms of ability but also the psychological battle i think we win that game skull do you agree with that pick that is a uh fantastic do you know what the mind games of that as well because it was such a comfortable victory if you're switzerland you're going into that game you've got Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that. Uh, full episode is available on Patreon. Then we're back on the main feed on Monday. So that's it. We'll speak to you again after the weekend. See you on Monday. Until then, Robbie Slater. See you later. Go, let Hit Lez! Hit Lez over the top! This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.